Hey Echo Online fam, we are so glad you're here. We're out here today serving the community and we want to welcome you to online service. Even though you're not in a room with us, we want to continue to do everything that we can to bring church to you. One of the best ways to do this is to host a watch party. If you know you're going to be participating in an online service, invite family and friends over on a Sunday morning and experience the service together. Yes. And here at Echo, we love community. We know that now it is more important than ever to connect with the people that are around us. Absolutely. So we want to give you the tools necessary to be the leader that your community needs. So here at Echo, it all starts with leading a table community. Weekly or bi-weekly, start a small group gathering in your home, going over the word, doing a, a book study, or just sharing an activity together. Head to our website to sign up today. I'm gonna sign up right now. I gotta step out. No, I'll do it after, I'll do it Sounds after. Good. We are close to being able to regather. We are almost certain we will have an option available for you on September 20th, so that's exciting. Continue to pray and be on the lookout. We will have more information coming your way very soon. Yes, and if you call Echo Home and you're looking to give today, you can do it two different ways. Head to our website below or text any amount to 84321. It's because of your continued generosity that we've been able to be so generous with our community. So I got to jump out and take care of that quick too. Yes. Or should I just wait till no, after? No, just stay here. Okay, I'll wait till after. Now last week, we did a bit of trivia and sent out a prize to one lucky winner. We decided to bring it back again round two this week. If you answer the question correctly, you will have a chance at winning a prize. Today's question is... How many times does Andy fix his hair? Hmm. Hmm, do I need to jump out and submit my answer? You might want to. I'll wait till after. It's troubling. Okay, be sure to email in your answers to hey at wearetheecho.church. Include your name, number, and the address to have a chance to win. We cannot wait to hear your answers. Please, please make them funny as well, please. Enjoy Echo Online Service. Welcome to Echo Sunday Service. I am so glad that you are here with us today. We love helping you create a space to receive, a space to heal, and a space to find hope. If you're new to Echo, you can expect today to last about 40 minutes. We're going to start with our amazing Echo band. Pastor Andy is going to give a message. We'll have a time of response, and then we'll wrap up with some closing thoughts. Before we dig in to all that goodness, I want to encourage you, I want to invite you to ask God to come in to your space. Invite him right in to your heart. God is only gonna go where we invite him. He's just polite like that. So if you have a little Sunday space that you put aside and you tune into church and you make a check mark and then you're good for the week, then that's what you're gonna receive today. But I wanna tell you that there's so much more. But you have to invite him in to all of your spaces, to all of your mess. It doesn't matter if you are on a mountaintop right now or if you are deep in a valley, in the pit of a pit, God has what you need. Today we're gonna start with a song called Egypt. And uh, I love the bridge. It, it says, God, you stepped into my Egypt. You took me by the hand. You marched me out in freedom into your promised land. <laughs> and now I won't forget you, God. I'll sing of all you've done. Death is swallowed up forever. 
by the fury of your love. When it refers to Egypt, they're talking about your pit, your mess, your twisted, broken heart, whatever it is that is weighing on you today, God comes in right beside you and he loves you so much that he doesn't leave you there, but rather he takes you by the hand, that personal invitation, he takes you by the hand wherever you are and he leads us into freedom. And I really love the next part. And now I won't forget you, God. How easy it is for us to forget. And what a proclamation of saying, I won't forget your promises. I won't forget your faithfulness. I won't forget all of the answered prayers. God, you are good. God, we come to you today and we invite you in to meet us wherever it is that we are. And we know that God, you are good and you can provide a freedom that we are after, that you can provide a deep, authentic truth and peace that we won't be able to find anywhere else. Lord, we know that you can swallow up our fears, that you swallow up our loneliness, that you swallow up thoughts of unworthiness, Lord, help us recognize your greatness today. You are a good, good father. Amen.
And what I love about this song is it not only gives us purpose for this season, but it has us look to the future. And I don't know about you, but when I sing about the generations that go before me, that go after me, I get pretty excited. And I just had this vision while we were singing today of a big storm, whether it's a hurricane or a tornado. And that's what 2020 has been to a lot of people. We have felt like we have been in the biggest storm of our life. And now the storm has settled and there's that aftermath and that God is calling us not to stay in our house and hide or shut down or quit. God is calling us to go out and we look at the aftermath and we look and we see and there's a shift that we are not a victim, that God is calling us to be survivors. God is calling us to step out. And the beautiful thing about when a storm hits, I don't know if you've ever done relief work or you've been a part of a storm and you go out and people gather and people are united and people come together. And that is what God is calling us as Echo Church for this city. That such a time as this, God is calling us to have purpose, to be confident in the gifts that he has given us to still honor the protocol, still honor all the things that are going on right now, but to not quit, to not give up. And I know it can be difficult and it can be hard and we feel like that storm is still here. But one of the beautiful things is to look at the signs, to look at the wonders and to not stop asking God big questions, to not stop glorifying him and to not stop saying thank you. Jesus, you are our Father, you are, you are here with us today, and you are calling us, like it says in Matthew 5, it says, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. God, allow us to have your seasoning, remove depression, remove anxiety, remove fear, remove negative attitudes. God, I have had days where I am negative, God, give us a joy that surpasses all understanding. God, give us positive words to speak out to each other. Let us be encouragers of you. Let us be united, God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this reminder, God, that you are for us, that you have not quit believing in us today, God. Allow us to see ourselves like you see us. Allow us to see others as you see them, God. In Jesus' holy name, amen. What the... What I want to do today is just simply lean into Luke chapter 15, verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, open it up to that. Uh, let me just go ahead and read it. It says, the tax collectors and sinners kept gathering around to hear Jesus. That's verse one, because that's who Jesus is. I mean, we're intrigued. Uh, a lot of people, the world, they're intrigued about Jesus, and, and they would like to lean into Jesus, but quite honestly, it might be some of us that are getting in the way. Verse two, it says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law kept grumbling. Now, just think about this for just one moment. It says the tax collectors and sinners, they were beginning, they began to gather around Jesus, but the Pharisees and the Torah teachers, the people that were religious, began to grumble. 
I mean, before I even get to the point of what I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. Be careful, because if you gather too long, you might begin to grumble together. That's a scary place to be. This is what they started saying. They said, this fellow welcomes sinner, and he even eats with them. So he told them, and so Jesus told them this parable. If one of you have had a hundred sheep and you lose one of them, doesn't he leave the other 99 in the desert and go after the lost until he finds that one. And I think what's interesting is what happens next. What happens next is how the owner of that sheep, how they react or how he or she might react when they find that precious thing that was once lost. It says, when he does find it, he joyfully hoists it onto his shoulders. Come on, I, let's be honest here. Do we need some joy in the house today or what? <laughs> Come on, we need that upper here. And so that's what, that's what Jesus, that's what God is trying to present, that, that in the finding there is joy to be found. And then it says this, it goes an extra step. When he gets home with that sheep on his shoulder, he calls all his friends and his neighbors together. And he says, get, he says what? Come and celebrate with me. He says, come and party with me because I have found my lost sheep. And verse seven, it says this. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy. Everybody give me a woohoo. That was so awesomely lame. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> It was my lameness because I asked you to do it. I don't know why, but uh, anyway, there'll be more joy in heaven for one sinner who turns to God from his sin than over the 99 righteous people who have never or don't need to, I mean, not never, but they just simply don't need to repent. So today I just want to lean into the scripture and go, okay, what's, what's going on? I want to ask the question, what's going on here? I mean, in those days, uh, what Jesus has just said contextually has really messed with the people that are listening for a few reasons. Let me just tell you why. Number one, Jesus is sharing a story about a group of people who are naturally despised in their culture. I think what's interesting, if you look at the narrative of Scripture and into the Old Testament, what you will see is this, is you see shepherds are written in a way that they're super useful and they're super needed. But in that context, they were viewed as dirty. They were viewed as outcasts. In fact, they were just they were, they were viewed as an employee where you just send out your dirty business to them for them to deal with and watch your sheep while you can do what you want to do. So Jesus is, I believe, contrasting the, the, the shepherd with the people that are Pharisees, those people that are religious. He's, he's also trying to, to bring up this idea, the, the writer that is writing this, you know, Luke, he's saying, guess what, who's in the house? We got the tax collectors and we've got the sinners. And oh, by the way, they'd be in the same boat as the shepherd. So that's the one contrast. And the other contrast, he's simply just looking at and he's saying, hey, look at this. Those people that you're hiring, you despise. So they do have something that you want from them, but you don't want something for them. The average Jew would look at the shepherd as honestly uh, lawless and dishonest. I think in this story, Jesus is simply trying to paint this picture of divide, this divided nation. 
this, in, this group of people that simply aren't for each other. They're against each other unless you have something for me. See, they would never sit and eat with them. They'd never have a, a meal with them. In fact, they would never associate with that type of people. The Pharisees were complaining and they were grumbling that these sinners that were gathering around Jesus, that Jesus would sit at the table and they would, he would fellowship with them. He would associate with them, which was against their serious religious notions. The second thing is this, is a community would, if you understood the context of the shepherd, the community would begin to hire shepherds to watch their sheep in groups. And what I find very interesting, it's not the shepherd that actually leaves to go find the sheep, it's the owner of the sheep. So they could have been the shepherd. But just, just bear with me. Maybe the Pharisees, maybe the Torah teachers, maybe they own a bunch of sheep. In fact, they might actually own most of them because they would have been wealthier. But in this story, Jesus is showing that actually the owner is the one that would step out and they would go find the sheep. If you were a good owner and you, were, you lost something, you are going to find it. The last observation that I want to make is in the Old Testament, there is a constant narrative and display of what it means to be a bad shepherd. See, see God, for the Jewish people, he desired that they would have a shepherd king. But a shepherd would be, uh, the king would look after his people instead of their own self interest. We can see that in David. We can see that in, 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 in the book of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Zechariah. You see them writing about how the king was a bad shepherd. And then Jesus walks on the scene and he defines what it means to be a good shepherd. A good shepherd doesn't look at individuals at what he wants from them, but simply what he wants for them. Can I hear an amen? So y'all have been at where I've been. You've lost a few things in your life, right? Uh, I remember we were driving a red Jetta and we were frantically looking for keys and we looked everywhere. Y'all know like those smart keys that, you know, have a, chip, a key fob. It's got the, the chip. And if you don't have it, you ain't driving the car. And there's been a few occasions where we've lost our keys. And thanks to our, our, I think our firstborn, right, Christy? Uh, they decided, she decided to throw our key into the garbage. Because who needs the key? <laughs> who needs the key? She had her own mind. But, but I just, I, I want to bring that story because that would evoke a certain level of searching. How about this? There's one day where Christy looked down on her finger and there her diamond was gone on her ring. How many of you know that there was a level of searching that would be elevated beyond just simply looking for the keys of your car? I think of the moments where I've cracked my screen on my iPhone and I, 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 you know, many times um, and I'm fixing it at the desk and I'm working with these little small screws and that small screw falls off the desk and you frantically look. Y'all know what I'm saying is if you own something, you're gonna look forward. But I wanna tell you this, what's the point of all these stories is your, your predetermined idea of worth 
will determine your level of pursuit, your persistent, and honestly, the probability of finding. A couple weeks ago, as Christy just had mentioned about her vision, her dream that was the image of a storm and us getting through it. A couple of weeks ago, we were gathered with a few staff members and of Echo. And as we were praying, I had this picture of me being in um, specifically Cascade Lake, the lake that was closed in Rochester. I'm angry about it, but we don't need to talk about it today. Because <laughs> I grew up swimming in the Wisconsin River and that should just be drained, okay? So <laughs> come on. But this image that was given to me was me sitting in Cascade Lake and I had water up to my nose. And that image alone, I knew it was me. I know how I feel as we've been navigating into the new world that we live in. And I just had this compassion overwhelm me for people who don't have the hope of Jesus. That don't have a purpose that are searching, that don't have community, that are alone. You're sitting at your home and you've been watching church, but it's just not the same and you're lonely. And in fact, even on a different level, like you th you're thinking about your kids and, and, and really the social ramifications of, of socially distancing yourself. And, and honestly, as a pastor, I have a burden. And as I was saying, when Camerons were filming, we were preparing to do this, is I just feel so deeply moved to bring life back into Rochester, into communities and homes. And, and quite honestly, I feel a part of that is gonna be us stepping in and in, in really honestly in trusting God and begin to gather again. Yeah. But what I'm afraid is this, if we've, we've so, we've, in the story, this is what the story's all about, is this divided group of individuals. And we've gathered and in some respect, we've separated, right? And all we're doing is grumbling. And we're so worried about what we want from people that we're forgetting what, what we want to push for. And so what, what could we do to take away a few things from this scripture? I, I believe that God is uh, wanting to warn us that we're not to be just gathering around so that we begin to grumbling or we begin to grumble about. But I believe that Echo Church is meant to be a church that congregates with so we can celebrate for. Yes. It's so good. I'm going to say it again. We, we got to stop gathering around and grumbling about. And all the differences and how people aren't, aren't like us. We're, they're not thinking like us. We're so concerned about what they think about us or, or our stance on a certain mask or non-mask wearing world. In fact, I think let's just get over it and let's be the people that congregate with so we can celebrate for. Yes. Now, let us not forget that we were once robbed. I mean, honestly, look at the person right next to you. Look at the person you're sitting uh, next to on, on the living room couch and remind yourself that you were once lost and that we've been rescued and that we are in the process of restoration but we're called to repeat this process. To repeat the, repeat the process of finding someone that's been robbed, someone that's lacking community, someone that's hurting in your next door neighborhood. 
hurting even inside of Echo Church and say, regardless of whether or not we see eye to eye on every political stance or COVID stance or what we do or what we don't do, if we send our kids to school or or we don't, that this is a time that we begin to unite. And honestly, Echo Church, why did we start? Because we started because we want to have a church that's united. We want to have a church that could celebrate one another regardless of our differences. We want to have community and we want to fight for each other. Man, I want to be a church that learns how to party. I want to be a church that learns how to celebrate, that includes the, includes the broken and bruised and the lost. That we begin to look at our commonalities versus our conflicts. Let us be the church that stays humble, but yet we're hungry and we're persuaded to go out because we know we were the one that was lost. And it's our responsibility as owners of our home, owners of our neighborhood, owners of our small town, Rochester, to go out and find those who are hurting. A commentator says this, what we see and we read in in this scripture is this, this is not cheap grace. And our response will not be cheap. This will cost us something. Jesus is presenting an altogether different economy of grace. And what it means to be the church, what it means to be followers of Jesus. And then this is my favorite thing this commentary, uh, commentator says. It says, this mood within this new economy is joy. And it's of welcome. And it's not a mood of separation or self-justification. So we need to remember this, that we serve a God that is reckless, that God is relentless. And quite honestly, he's unreasonable. He will leave the 99 to go find the one. And I think Echo Church, that's our what the type of moment as we move into a next series called What Now? That we are to be a church that's not so cautious. Yes, let's follow the rules. But you know what we are? We're a church that has a cause and is bigger than us. And it's not something we want something for or from, but we want something for. Matthew 12, 14, which is the end of another account of the same, same story. It says this, thus your father in heaven does not want even one of these little ones to be lost. There are two lost people here today. Your neck deep, your nose deep, you might be just breathing and going, Lord, save me and rescue me. I can't make it another day. I need something to change. I need something to give. And God is that relentless, reckless God, unreasonable, reaching reaching out to you, calling your name to say, come home. He wants to joyfully put you upon his shoulder to renew your heart to renew your mind. But the second person that's lost is this, is you are sitting in the shade of the temple, but yet you're still lost. Come on. You're watching this right now and you're sitting back and you're grumbling because it's not what you thought it would be. You're, you're looking at God and saying, God, you disappointed me. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why is this such a strong struggle? 
For some of you are like, you just have a religious perspective of what's going on. And, and I just sense that God wants to renew our minds no matter if we need a rescue or we just simply need a replay, a redirection, a renewal of our mind. And today we pray this prayer every week. And honestly, I think it's for both of us. We, we need a renewal to say, God, you know what? We have gotten this wrong for a time. And we just want to receive your rescue. We need you to do a work in our hearts today. So let us pray this together. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. And God, I just ask that you would just come into our religious hearts and you would renew. God, so that once soft and pliable ground, God, would become soft. And today would be a moment where you drop seeds, a seed of hope, a seed of love. God, that, that your blood would drip into our heart, that we would have this heart transplant. we would see beyond six feet. The six feet of separation between us and another person. And that God, today we would grab our phones. That would, God, we would get into our cars, the keys. Thank God we didn't lose them. We can still drive our car and we drive over to someone and we reach out to them and say, we know you're lonely, but we see you that we text those individuals. God, I just pray that you would just drop someone in our heart today, knowing that God, we are the answer because we once were lost, but now we're found. God, we want, we're, we, God, we're following the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd goes out and finds those who need, God, may we do the same in Jesus name. And everybody said,
Father, we would make it our prayer that this earth would hear our cry. God, that a new light would shine forth from this city. about Christy's idea, this vision, right, that was in her head. And I was thinking about this vision that Andy had in his head. And I had this thought, I had this vision myself. It's way less spiritual than theirs. I mean, it's, but if you hang with me, I think it'll be powerful. So I was thinking about this storm. I'm thinking about the water. And in my mind, I'm picturing like the golf course. And if you don't play golf, you hit this little white ball with these metal clubs and it is darn near impossible to hit it straight unless you're Cordy, but everybody else hitting it straight is a challenge. And so when I first started playing golf, what I decided I was gonna do is I was gonna celebrate every positive. I was gonna celebrate every like pseudo positive. Like if you sort of hit it well and we're playing golf together, I am gonna celebrate that. I'm gonna tell you good job. And it's because in my mind, I keep thinking about how impossible golf is. It's just really tough. Life is way tougher than golf. And so what I'm wondering is, is who out there is like beating themselves up for the negative and not reminding themselves of the positive? Who out there is like, man, if you're like me, I dwell on the negative. Psychology says at least twice as much as the positive, could be as many as seven times as much. I mean, the negatives dwell, like it is in our head, it is in the forefront. 
But what if we just became people who started to see and celebrate that God is moving today? So I look at you, I look at all you guys here, and man, life might've been a mess this week. It might've been a mess this morning. You might've been fighting with your spouse and a million things going on. But here you are. You took this step. Be proud, be excited about what God's doing because he has plans and we've got to start to celebrate the little steps and stop beating ourselves up over what we're not doing and start celebrating what we are. God is a big God and he has big plans for you. Be encouraged this week. Know that he has a plan. Be kind and have an awesome week. We love you, Echo.